This is Jeff Cross, and welcome to the January 24th, 2023 edition of Views on the News from the Couch, a baby boomer's attempt to pass along his views on the news. Correction! Yesterday was the 23rd, but I said it was the 25th. Oops. Sometimes you wake up in the morning and glance at the news and go, that's it. That is what my main story will be. On California, already the highest taxing state in the land, trying to impose a surcharge tax on the very rich and an exit tax for the wealthy who leave. What could go wrong? More on that later. But first, the quick hitters. We have a nominee for the You Can't Make This Shit Up Awards. MSNBC has a lead article titled Ron DeSantis' Assault on Free Thought. I'm not reading the article. Yeah, the problem with America is Ron DeSantis telling you how to think. And here I thought he was rejecting others who were telling us how to think. Oh, and MSNBC highlights a blog that says Ron DeSantis is leading the GOP's fight for the right to remain stupid. And in MSNBC Daily, a piece titled, There's Something Perfect About the GOP's Embrace of George Santos. Uh, nope, not embracing. The people of his district elected him. I'm sure Republican congressional leaders will not support his re-election in the Republican primary. Moving on. This is not the story I mentioned in the lead-in. A cousin of a Black Lives founder was involved in a traffic accident in California that I think was his fault, and hours later, he was dead. I don't know why he died, but the police were involved. The deceased was tased, and the deceased may have had drugs in his system. Oh, and the deceased was black. The Fox News link piece has a six-minute or so video of the time leading up to the tasing. The police officer was polite. The deceased, though a bit disoriented, was polite. But then he ran into traffic and resisted. Eventually, the deceased was tased a number of times, and I believe was seemingly okay after being tased. I don't want to overly criticize the officer, but do think the last two tasings were done to stop resistance after I think the person was handcuffed. It could be he was not handcuffed and was still resisting, and the tasing was to allow the handcuffing. I think any interaction can be critiqued. We can play the, well, you should have game. But as I watched this video, I did not see a racial incident. I saw events not of his making bringing an officer into a situation. An officer we asked to represent us in the community to make things safer. And I saw a nice young man not having a good day who made a series of bad decisions. If you watch the video, and I encourage you to watch it, I wonder if one of the underlying reasons for the deadly result was the fear of the deceased that he would be George Floyded, if I can turn that into a bit of a verb. As he struggled, he said the officers were trying to George Floyd him. I don't think there is any way you can make that case from watching the video. But I wonder if what we saw was years of bullshit media narrative resulting in a man behaving differently than he would have otherwise. Was the bullshit narrative the media has been pushing for years a contributing factor in this incident? I think so. What the hell happened in Atlanta? I've kind of missed that one. Not totally missed it. I heard a bit, but I'm tired of covering certain kinds of stories. On Yahoo, I am reading an article from National Review by Ari Blath. 
yes, it's linked, titled Six Antifa Extremists Arrested Charged with Domestic Terrorism in Fiery Atlanta Riots. Let's try to unpack this. The author says protests occurred over the death of a climate activist who was killed in a violent altercation with police. The dead climate activist was partaking in a climate protest and is alleged to have shot at officers trying to move the group. Law enforcement shot back and killed him, allegedly. The mother of the deceased says he was nonviolent and would not have shot first. The Antifa folks who were arrested allegedly took part in a riot protesting the death, resulting in property damage and the destruction of a police car. As I thought about this story, a key factor for me was whether or not the climate activist shot at the police. I don't know. I guess I just assumed the police would not shoot first because that would be stupid. But you could say the same about the climate activists. What baffles me is how many people could stage a riot protesting this event if they don't know who shot first. Do they just assume? Or does it not matter because they want to riot and facts might get in the way of a good riot? Now let's get to it. The first story I saw this morning. Jonathan Turley has a link piece titled, Welcome to Hotel California. Lawyers, lawmakers move to tax people who have left the state. Let's start by bullet pointing information from the article. California has a $24 billion deficit. Many are leaving the state. The top 1% pay half of, quote, individual income tax revenue, end quote. Question, is that a fair share? California currently levies the highest state income tax at 13.3%. The 13% is paid by the top folks. A bill proposes an additional 1.5% tax on those with a worldwide net worth, not income, exceeding a billion dollars. Two years after the billionaire tax, a 1% tax would be on folks with a worldwide worth exceeding $50 million. The bill also seems to want to continue to tax the wealthy who have left the state for up to 10 years. I did not realize it, but a different source says California already imposes a 0.4% tax on worldwide net worth. I linked to an article for backup. Mr. Turley suggests if you tax the wealthy too much, they will leave. And if you have an exit tax, they will, tax, they will think twice before ever moving there. My way of phrasing it is that the state of California may have forgotten one of the rules of being a good parasite. Don't kill the host. My original intent was to really slam California for stupid taxing policies and by proxy some of the potential moves at the federal level. But those points seem pretty obvious. In rereading the article, I note that Mr. Turley briefly touches on the point that California likely has a spending problem which should be addressed. I think one of the root problems with our spending nonsense is our leaders, and that includes those in the media, don't understand something taught in basic physics. That is the difference between force and work. If I apply an upward force greater than 50 pounds to a 50-pound weight, then it moves upward, and I've accomplished work. If I apply 50 pounds of upward force to something that weighs 200 pounds, then I applied a force but did not accomplish any work because it didn't move. Nothing happened. The government equivalent of this is, is that instead of force, we have money. And instead of work, we have accomplished something. And I would like to think accomplished good. 
When examining priorities, etc., we always seem to focus on money spent, not on good things accomplished. We have spent trillions of dollars fighting poverty. Have we accomplished anything? I think not. Our government spends more money per capita than almost every other country in the world on health care, and yet we cannot afford universal coverage. We seem to focus on the thrill of governing, spending money, and not on the work of governing. The tax proposal in California may never pass. And if it does, maybe it won't be the tipping point to force a lot of the wealthy out. But a government should not want to get near the tipping point. Because once there, well, things tip, and it's tough coming back. For example, once you have totally messed up your currency and your balance sheet with over $30 trillion in debt and still counting, how do you recover? Thanks for listening to Views on the News from the Couch. If you like this podcast, please share with your friends. If you did not like it, please share with the rest of the folks you know.